12 shit from Shinola. It's just that we don't always prefer Shinola. Welcome back to the DMT World Podcast. My name is Alex8721, and I'm your host. Today we had on Mind the Space. He's a member of the DMTworld.net community. We talked a little bit about everything. Had a pretty good conversation. Um, I hope you enjoy it. If you feel like contributing to the cause, uh, consider becoming a Patreon supporter at patreon.com forward slash DMTworld. We have memberships starting at $1, $2, and $5. With the membership, you're able to create your own groups, make posts in the marketplace sell services or items as long as it's in the legal area you're fine um that's pretty much it i hope you guys enjoy the episode uh thank you for listening keep spreading that love Space, thank you very much for coming on here, man. I appreciate you taking time out of your day and uh, spending some time here with me and anybody who's listening. Yeah, no problem, man. Hey, um, so how long have you been on the site, man? You're you're on you're on DMTWorld.net, and how how long you've been on there for? Um, not too long, actually. I got a, a buddy who actually introduced me into it, and uh, I just like kind of, yeah, like it's an awesome place to be just because of like the community, like the sense of community that's there. It like feels like home. Were you, um, (laughs) were you on other, um, social media platforms prior to coming over to DMT world? Um, that's like DMT world. No, no No, Facebook. and like that. Well, I have like Facebook, but I wouldn't really consider that the same thing. Facebook's so toxic. (laughs) <laughs> I keep people here. I keep hearing people say that, man. And, and like about, I don't know, maybe like a month ago, I opened up an account. Um, I was speaking with somebody regarding uh, doing the podcast and they wanted me to get on Facebook just to check their stuff out and, and communicate to them through there. And um, I opened up a um, a Facebook of like about a month ago and then probably like mm-hmm. a week into it, I had to deactivate it. I just, I didn't know how to set it all up, but then uh, my wife helped me out. And <clears throat> the first thing I noticed right off the bat is the name thing, you know, like you had to put uh, like an actual name in there and shit. And yeah, I, I don't know too much about Facebook, but I don't know. I just, um, I, I could, I could see how that could be, um, you know, potential, it could bring potential issues for, for some people, you know? And, uh, I don't know. I just, after maybe about two weeks, um, I was like, yeah, I don't need this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like the hard thing is like the comments and stuff. Like there, there are some communities that are really good. Like I've just recently, um, been working on like kind of like a local community for, um, growing like legal mushrooms and stuff like that uh-huh. here. And it's, it's really nice to nice place for people to connect and like sell stuff through there. But if people get too into their like ego, it can, it can spiral out of control for sure. 
Yeah, but don't you think that's kind of like anywhere else? I mean, what's yeah. to stop anybody from doing that? Like on anywhere. I mean, even even if you get on fucking YouTube, the comment section on YouTube is fucking full of comedians. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, for sure. And, and it can turn south. All you need is that, is that one comment to set things off, and then everybody just fucking follows. Man, it's just like a shit show. You know what I mean? People can just yeah, shit yeah. on motherfuckers all day on there sometimes. Yeah, and it almost comes down like I don't know if you heard about the whole Reddit thing that's going on too recently with like I, GameStop. I don't know. Oh, <laughs> you know, like about I don't know a few a few a few weeks back, I I stumbled upon a a thread for um, EA games. I don't remember mm-hmm. what game it was they put out, but some they were just shitting on them dudes, man. And, and the person who was in charge of the account was like replying (laughs) like digging themselves into a deeper fucking hole dude and like so many people started sharing this shit and i was like yeah that's not good man oh no like what i'm talking about is the stock market like a bunch of people i don't know if you heard about it but um yeah it's i've been kind of following it too and like i've got a but i don't really know too much about the stock market but it's like it's kind of funny in a way but in the same way, like all these, you've got all these Wall Street guys who like make like billions, I want to say, probably just millions. But they like put a, a bet on like that GameStop was going to like drop. And like, so Reddit got wind of that and they got like hundreds of people putting like $100 into the stocks and they just shot the stocks of GameStop like straight up to like 400 like made them a fortune 500 company oh no shit and, what like yeah and so they're just holding on to these stocks and like yeah is it's hilarious like there's all these people who are like in short term buying so they've got all this money tied up because they thought that they were going to like get all this money from it and they just like yeah totally fucked over no the shit. guys in wall street <laughs> the roar i'm looking at this article right now it says the roaring kitty rally how a reddit user and his friends roiled the markets massachusetts yeah. goes by roaring kitty on social media helped feel the frenzy around gamestop as fifty-three thousand dollar investment in the company briefly reached 48 million in value what the fuck <laughs> <clears throat> Yeah, dude. That's crazy, man. That's you know what, man. Uh, there, that's that's what it is, man. All it takes is 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 a lot of fuel in that that spark, you know, to light the fire, so to speak, you know. Yeah. And shit can just turn sideways, <laughs> can turn <laughs> right back around. I mean, that's just the power of the internet, right? Yeah, yeah. And these guys, like, they just kind of figured it out, and like that's. It's kind of like a turning point in history where they've made their mark, like just by having a community and like they figured out a way to like get to these guys on Wall Street. And they're like, you guys are idiots. You don't know what you're doing. Like, it's going to like, you don't even know, like just calling people. Oh, and then another thing, too. I just I get sidetracked sometimes. It's all good. (laughs) That's what we do here. uh, (laughs) is like one of the guys that was like in one of these big companies that does like all these tradings and stuff and like he was super pissed off and said like oh the market needs to be regulated and all this stuff 
and Get like, the fuck out of here. But the thing is, is like they had voted saying that they wanted to keep the market unregulated and like because they do this kind of shit all the time. And yeah. like for that it to happen to them, it's kind of like putting the shoe on the other foot and they just like kind of realize how big of a problem it is. Well, I think that's that's something you're <clears throat> you're you're bound to see in, in this age. You know what I mean? Where where information is so quick. You know what I mean? You can, as opposed to you know prior, you know pre-internet, you know information flies by the millisecond. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it that's what changes. That's what's going to change our future and is changing our future. Is is that you know that quick? You know. Um, Get, getting that information so goddamn fast, you know? Yeah. Oh, the internet is a beautiful place. I mean, it's also shit, but in some places, but that's like everywhere. Yeah, but that's a, that's what I mean by, you know, it kind of, um, it magnifies the human, um, you know, how we are. And, and it yeah. changes so fucking quick too, you know? And yeah. It just it just takes enough people to give that little push back and then it's just a domino effect. Yeah, for sure. I mean, some people can argue that that's used against us as well, you know, with like um, advertisements and, camp, you know, during the campaign, like shit like that. I mean, it gets pretty fucking sticky, to be honest with you, man. And I like to keep my hands out of it just because I don't know, man, I just don't have enough time in the fucking day to follow some of that shit, you know? <laughs> No, I stopped actually following the news on my Facebook. I'm like, I just don't even have time for this anymore. It's not, it's not, uh, I don't like it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it wears down on you, you know, um, yeah. I, I was speaking to an old veteran. I've, I, I've known him for probably about, I don't want to say about 10 years. And, um, I remember when I got out of the military, I went to his house just to kind of talk to him cause I hadn't seen him, um, or talked to him before then. And, um, mm-hmm. And then I met him, met up with him again, like last year sometime. And this guy had just, when I first met him, he was just, had just become retired and he was disabled. So he was pretty much being taken care of by somebody, you know, and Mm -hmm. I went to see him. So for the first time in his life, he's sitting at home in other words. And um, I went to see him last year and man, he had just completely changed, man. He was like, he was literally repeating shit he saw on Fox news. You know what I mean? And he had, it, he had just become like this. I don't know, man. It was just like a totally different fucking person from who I, who I originally met, you know? Yeah. And it was just like, God damn dude. Like you, there's other things in, in life than just watching the fucking news and trying to soak in as much as of this information that's out there. You know what I mean? Especially shit that's fed to you. It's like a, yeah. it almost feels like you're wasting your time, you know? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And like with news too, I find that most of most of it is like all narrative. Like they just have this narrative that they drive and they like it's all opinion based. There's not like very much fact based. And there's like stuff that happens and like then it comes out later, oh, well what the news was rep- reporting on was like all false and like it just it's all just opinions without information because they're trying to get the story out as fast as possible before anybody else. Cause like breaking stories, you know, like, I don't know. 
Yeah. I mean, I, I agree. I mean, it's like I said, man, I, I really don't. And to be honest with you, like now I, I have, I can't even remember the last time I watched news on TV or even like specifically went to a news site or some kind of a news channel or anything like that. Um, the last time I remember like watching the news was when, um, or I think it was right after Barack Obama was elected to president. And, yeah. um, since then, to be honest with you, I don't, that what I do do is, uh, I turn on like whenever I jump in my vehicle and take off for the day or whatever, like I'll listen to the, uh, local news here. And even then, mm. you know, that's not all the time, especially now, but, um, to me, that's probably like, that's the most, that's more important to me is local politics. I mean, although, you know, shit trickles down, um, you know, for the most part, I think that's, that's where we can yeah. make more of a difference, you know, as, as a community or even just as individuals. Yeah. Yeah. Like pay attention to what your local communities. Well, yeah, then, man. I mean, look at these, these uh, states and cities that have begun to decriminalize, you know, some of these plants and also, um, you know, I mean, cannabis is a big one. It's cannabis has always been the front runner in this fucking show of the war on yeah. crime, you know, or the war on drugs, you know, and it's, yeah. it's gone from local all the way to federal, you know, there's been people knocking on fucking the DEA's door about it, you know? Yeah. But Canada just legalized it. Well, that's right. Like years ago. And you're and out in now, Canada? Yeah. Yeah. I'm in Canada. And nice. it's like, it's, it's kind of different. Like, it's not really different. It's like widely accepted now. Like people can just like talk about it wherever, whenever kind of thing. There's still some people that have like their opinions about cannabis and like, cause they have friends who like, you know, they smoke weed and, and they just kind of went downhill. But I think that's more of like a personality type than it is to do with a plant, you know, sure. like, I mean, and, it, sorry, go ahead. Oh, I don't even remember what I was going <laughs> to oh, <shit. laughs> I'm sorry, bro. I'm sorry, man. I got, I got places over myself right now, dude. But, um, uh, that's one thing like, um, <clears throat> and so Canada, it's been legalized there for a few years. Right? How long has it been? Do you know? Like um, three or four years or something like that? I think it was 2016, but I could be wrong. Don't quote me on that. Okay. Yeah. So it's been like a few years, but like, yeah, there's still like, I know some people like at work who like, they don't, I can't even talk about it to them. Like I can't tell anybody that, well, I actually haven't smoked weed in a while now, but I used to smoke a lot of weed. And when I say a lot of weed, I mean like a lot of weed. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> well, so cannabis, uh, it was 2018. Um, I remember speaking with um, the Rev uh, I had him on here, uh, Rian, Rian from reincarnate. And I yeah. wanted to see what you think in regards to how the legalization of cannabis for the entire country has changed the industry, um, from, from your point of view, from your perspective. Oh, how it's changed the industry. Yeah. Uh, the government fucked it up hard. yeah like they they could have done it so much better and it could have been like i i don't know maybe it's just my opinion and like i could be wrong too but the way that they did it is they priced themselves out of the market and they said that like oh you can't buy it from anybody else except for like these regulated dispensaries and stuff but people are still buying it from their buddy like 
people are able to grow like four plants and like with four plants, like you can actually grow quite a bit of weed with four plants. Of like, fuck yeah, you can. <laughs> if you if you know what you're doing. Um, and there's like a lot of people that were doing it when it was illegal and they do know what they're doing. So like, and I don't know, like, and you can apply for um, uh, like grow operations licenses and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And like, I don't know. It's just they price themselves. They price themselves out of the market. Is so what, what do you was. mean? Like they just made it more expensive? Yeah. Oh, I just they see. made it like really expensive and like. Sure, there's some things that you can get now that like were harder to come by. Like you can get like little vape cartridges full of like CBD or THC. Like it's it's really good that it's legal, and I like actually i'll buy every something every now and then like uh-huh. uh cbd pens and stuff like i love cbd yeah um but like i don't know it's just because it's a plant like people think like the government can make all this money out of it and they probably could if they just lower the cost of it because like <laughs> I don't know. It's like with a business, right? There's there's people that grow it and then they sell it to these storefronts and then yeah. the storefronts sell it for another markup. Like it's just there's too many hands and too many pockets. So in terms of the like the legal side of the industry, you think that the it's just too pricey. What about the the quality of it? Um in the legal quality market. Is, quality is good. It's nice to know like what kind of strains you're getting that's something that I find is like really good because like if you're going to smoke sativa, like you're going to be like pretty wired. Cause it's like, it's like a daytime weed. Whereas like Indus Indica is kind of like a nighttime weed, but it also depends on like preference, right? Like there's some people that can smoke Indica all day and like they don't pass out. <laughs> well, and then what about the, um, as far as the black market goes, like how has the legality of of cannabis changed the black market? Like, you know, the not legal shit. It's like, it's more open than it's ever been. <laughs> Just because people can like widely do it and like not really have to worry because it's legal. It's easier. It's easier to be like, Oh, this is my personal, like you're, only allowed to have a certain amount on you but i mean cops don't really care anymore like i've heard of a few people who have been busted and like there were some people that were like growing plants in their yards and then they had like a party over or something like that and because people could see it somebody called the cops on them and like the cops took their plants and i was just like what i'd have moved out of that fucking neighborhood man (laughs) yeah for sure it's just like what they yeah so like it they're trying to still keep it so that it's like not seen but like we know it's there like i don't know i've got like a crazy i don't know if i should really say crazy but it's just like i'm very opinionated on like the sense of uh legal drugs i think all drugs should be legal and they should be regulated properly I do too, man i really do um there's that dude, Carl Hart, who talks about it a lot. I was listening to a podcast with uh, where he was talking just recently, man. And 
the guy makes the case for it. And I really think about all of it. And I'm like, dude, none of these are any different than, than each other, you know, whether it's, you know, tobacco, whether it's heroin, you know, um, yeah. I think the industry standards and um, <clears throat> the, the moderation or whatever you want to fucking the regulation of them mm-hmm. kind of changes it because you're really looking at some good quality shit or you're looking at some pure stuff as opposed to shit that gets stepped on or shit that gets, you know, nutrients added to it or some shit that can cause cancer somewhere down the road. You know what I mean? Like that, I yeah. think that's where the black market changes um, because you can, you can actually have industry standards, you know, yeah and you can get stuff that's not laced with like fentanyl (laughs) exactly and also like like my thing with the legalization of cannabis itself because when i when when i'm in arizona and here they just passed it for it to be recreational here in the state yeah and there was a lot of and we had medical prior to that i think for i don't know like a decade or more or something like that and Mm -hmm. um there was a lot of people that were in the industry, like uh, dispensary owners or people that were growers or grow ops or whatever the case, and they did not, they were against it just because of, you know, anything that comes with the commercial commercialization of any of these plants, you know, just brings a lot of more, a lot more shit that people on our level really don't care about or don't think about. You know what I mean? Yeah. And for me, I understood it, man. I was, I talked to a few guys and I'm like, I feel you, man. I really do. But, you know, regardless a step into this direction is is nothing but good and it really helps especially the people that are that cultivate their own plants you know i mean it's a magical fucking thing to have that relationship between you and, and a plant or the fungus you know i mean you yeah it can't get any more organic than that you know and and it's therapeutic the whole process of it uh, from start to germination to harvesting i mean it's a whole journey yeah. man and i it's something that everybody should have the right to no matter which plant it is yeah yeah for sure like definitely i think step 1 is we need to legalize all um plants like nature should not be of course yeah (laughs) like i mean there's some things that i do think there's like one plant i can't remember exactly what it's called but um uh you can synthesize this one plant and it's basically like a truth serum so people you're like easily susceptible to like suggestion so like somebody can basically talk you and basically get you to empty out your bank account those things sure those make sense but like things like a fucking mushroom like <laughs> well, yeah, tell me even with that plant that you're describing some people can can be coerced or convinced while they're drunk you know what i mean yeah true I, I don't I don't think that there's ever been a substance that would put you under the control of other people, but it would make you susceptible to it. Right. Like, yeah, yeah. and a lot of people who's who are intoxicated or inebriated or under some kind of influence of something, there's a lot of people that can be. And there's a lot of people that argue are. Yeah, that's true. I mean, like even with alcohol is the number one thing, right? Uh, The whole thing with people being raped and shit. Like if you're under the influence or you're too fucking drunk to give consent, then, you know, what is that? You know? Yeah. I mean, yeah, I see the, the regulation needed just so people like me who are 
end users, so to speak, or, you know, somebody who cultivates their own medicine as well. Yeah. Or whatever you want to call it, you know, it's, it makes things a lot more safe for us. And, and yeah. we, we have the ability to become educated properly about these substances, you know, and not worrying about the propaganda and all this shit, because it also comes with the stigma too, you know? Yeah. No, for sure. Like, yeah, there's a lot of stuff that <laughs> to think about that's like way beyond what I could probably even fathom. But like, I think like with a lot of the regulations, it people should be able to grow their own medicine, like yeah. with fungus or whatever. Like, I wish that I could grow like a little mimosa hostilis plant, and <laughs> you know. Yeah, yeah. Like I think getting so. in touch. Sorry, yeah. good. Uh, just like getting in touch with nature. Like, yeah. if, there's something about like making stuff yourself, mm-hmm. and like, and then taking those substances or like plants or like it's like gr- growing your own food in your garden. Like, you know exactly what went into those plants you know exactly what kind of nutrition those plants had and like that's kind of what i look at it like is it's basically like your own garden yeah i mean it is it's and it's something that um in modern society most humans are taken away from or we opt out of because of economy right like yeah, I need to have jobs and the jobs are in the cities and that's where we live at, you know, if, especially if you come from a family that has shit, you know? Yeah, yeah, no, for sure. But I think there's starting to be like a little bit of a shift yeah, in the for way sure. people are doing things. Because like, uh, I don't even really want to bring it up, but like this whole COVID thing has kind of put a different perspective on everybody because like right now there's like a bunch of people here who are they're trying to protect the old growth forest because with these old growth forests there's like it's teeming with life and like there's certain plants or fungus that only grow in old growth forests that you can't find anywhere else and when they take those down they're just gone and there's nothing that you can do to really bring those back but i mean I could be wrong about that too. But if they're like disturbing all the soil and taking all these plants and stuff, like there are some funguses. I think somebody was telling me that it's like, it takes 50 years for them to fruit. Like even truffles, truffles are like 15 years before they can fruit. That's the old growth forest. That's where Stamets is always, is always heading up to and talking about. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, That's there's where, actually a place close to where I live that Stamets has some property. <laughs> he's a he's the guy who figured out or is, uh, has a theory of that fungus that helps bees with their immune system or something like that, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I watched that Fantastic Fungi documentary. It's really good. <clears throat> I haven't seen that one, but I do remember watching a, f- a bunch of his videos and reading uh, a few of his books where he's always uh, talking about that. And then on his website, he's got like, um, he had this project where he was putting out like a lot of these, um, I guess they're like bee feeders or some shit. I, I can't remember what it was, but it was part of this huge 
like worldwide project that he was doing, man. He's, he's been really do, he's been really, he's been really doing a lot of work up there with the bees, man, trying to figure that out. Yeah. Yeah. Like there's, there's a lot of stuff that he's gone over. One of the things that I'm like actually kind of thinking about too, is like, there's, um, well, he has done a piece about how, well, it was like a kind of a study where they took, um, oysters, mycelium, like oyster mushroom mycelium, and they used it to clean up an oil spill. And so Mm -hmm. they took the, this mycelium and then there was like, they went and covered it for, I don't know how many days it was. And then they came back and it was like teeming with life. And so like, they took this area that was like pretty much toxic and like kill almost everything. And it, with the mycelium of oyster mushrooms, they changed it into like this haven for like life. And that's kind of one of the things that I want to try and do too, is like, I've got all this plastic waste that we have. And I'm like wondering what if I use some of that and like some of my substrate for oyster mushrooms and see if I can get that to break down faster than like the hundred years or whatever years it takes for plastic to actually break down. That's what is, that's what Stamets' mycelium running book was about, right? Was the micro remediation where they're introducing fungus to like certain parts of the land or doing projects where they're like the one you're talking about with the oyster um, culture and um, the the oil and all that stuff. Yeah. That's, that's pretty fucking interesting, man. And and not even just that, but um, I was watching this video. um, It was like a Nat Geo video where they were, um, um, what is it called? Um, my mycelium metabolites, also known as Mike piss, where they were talking yeah. about, they were doing some research on this, these metabolites because the fungus pretty much uses it on themselves. Like it just creates its yeah. own, like, that's like the way they, they fight any kind of contamination or any kind of um, infection or anything like that. And they were doing research on it and finding that they can manipulate these metabolites to be able to be used in, um, in medical um, aspects, you know, for mm. humans. Yeah, yeah. The fungus kingdom even... is fucking amazing, dude. It is, it always yeah. fucking blows my mind, dude. There's so much shit happening, dude, in that industry, man. It's, it's, it's just amazing. Yeah. It's really amazing. And there's like so many different species of mushroom too. Like that's where, that's why I like get so fascinated by it. It's just like, going and learning all this information and stuff like i got some oregon reishi that i found here locally and i made like a culture plate from that from the wild and like there's a little bit of contamination on the plate and i watched that mycelium just fucking destroy trike (laughs) like it just completely killed the trichoderma that was like on my plate and it's gone like and yeah. people talk like, yeah. No, you see that happen a lot for sure. I mean, it's, but you know, a lot of people argue that's because the mycelium has the, the upper hand and that it's more, um, I guess more powerful than the, the, the other fungus at that moment in time. But obviously like if you go to fruit, the, the culture, the, the culture uses so much energy when it fruits and eventually becomes so weak that the trichoderma that's still within the substrate somewhere then or, yeah. you know takes it all over yeah yeah i know i've i've seen some pretty nasty bins i like i'm on some of the 
the groups and cultivation groups on Facebook, I'm like part of a bunch of them. I just like, that's pretty much what my Facebook page is now. It's just because like, <laughs> you just learn so much yeah. from like being exposed to it all the time. And yeah. like for me only doing cultivation for not even a year, I've learned so much information. It's just like kind of crazy that I'm at the point where I'm at right now. And Was, like, is that what got you into all of this is the fungus? Um, I, I've been, I've mushroom picked since like I was a little wee one. Basically all, all I would do is like go out and we'd go and hunt for, um, I say hunt like it's an animal. Well, I guess it kind of is closer. Well, it is. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) It's it's closer related to animals than it is to plants. Exactly. Yep. That's what separated um, the fungus kingdom from the plant kingdom, right? Yeah. Yeah. And um, I'd go out and we'd go looking for pine mushrooms and like, cause there was like super good money in finding pine mushrooms and then selling them and stuff. Um, but then eventually like my family, we just start like, are like, why are we selling these? These are like food. So like, yeah. we already know what we're looking for. <laughs> Let's just start cooking them up and start yeah. integrating them in with our food. And like, then for the longest time, I just kind of like got away from that. And then something happened like I had a divorce and like just it was a really bad spot in my life and I just went out into the bush and it was just like it felt like home it was just yeah something peaceful about it and just how everything works together and yeah and then I just decided I'm like oh well I'm gonna get some books on what kind of medicinal properties there are in the Pacific Northwest see what what's going on here and like what kind of plants you can get from medicinal properties and you can just like literally forage from the forest and take what you need from nature yeah and then that that expanded into mushrooms so me and my brother we just started going out picking up some like chanterelles and like looking for other mushrooms and stuff. And then that just kind of expanded because he got, he got a book on mushroom cultivation. I was like, wait, you can grow mushrooms. (laughs) 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 And that just like hit a spark and like a switch in my brain. And I was like, you can just do this. I'm like, people are doing this kind of stuff. And yeah. And then I just like got into it. And like started like looking up on these Facebook groups and like then the whole COVID thing hit and I was just like, I got a little kit. I was like, fuck it. I'm just going to do it. I'm going to get like a couple of kits and we'll just see if I like it. And if I don't like it, then whatever, you know, we'll see what goes from there. So I got a blue oyster kit and I got a lion's mane kit. And then I did like a time lapse of those growing. And I just, it was amazed at how fast they actually fruit. And well, for the oysters, anyways, those fruit really fast. Uh, lion's mane, you know, it's kind of here and there. It does what it wants. <laughs> and uh, yeah, lion's mane. That's one one of my biggest like uh, lion's mane. Just <laughs> it fruits when it wants and like how it wants, and it just it doesn't give a shit about anything you want it to do. <laughs> I've had it fruit on plates, fruited on grains, fruit on substrate, like <laughs> it fruits every strip of the way. And um, yeah, like it just kind of started from these two kids, and I got like a little tub, and I was like so excited, and I was like, okay, well, let's just. 
and then they got contaminated and I was like, fuck, I don't really want it to end here. So I actually managed to order some plates, got some agar, um, and I mix up the agar, made these plates and stuff. And I actually saved some of the blue oysters that I had that was like, the whole thing was contaminated and I actually saved a bit of that. And now I'm still growing those. And the lion's mane, I just kind of forgot about because I ordered a liquid culture syringe and I've just been kind of going from there. I like ended up getting into um, cordyceps, uh, turkey tail, uh, Ganoderma vicidum. I might be pronouncing these wrong because I'm just kind of like doing my own <laughs> research and stuff. And now I've got like 50 liter tubs of brishi growing, like yeah. two of those growing. And Nice. Yeah making my own tinctures order the soxalate re- extractor it's broken so i have to get another replacement wait what is, um, what is it a soxalate uh, extractor that? you can use that with like uh i think it's ethyl alcohol it's the alcohol that you can drink you mix that in there i got like a um a heating mantle mm-hmm. and then you basically heat up this the alcohol so that it turns into an evaporation and then there's like a cold water um condenser where the alcohol turns back into a liquid and then it goes back through this thing where you've got like turkey tail and stuff and it just is essentially recycles so you can make a tincture that usually takes like about a month soaking in alcohol you can have it go through this cycle and make it in like about three or four hours no shit. And he uses evaporation and condensation. Yeah, yeah, just alcohol. But what so, does it do? Does it run it through you run it through the the fruits or whatever, the substrate, whatever it is that you're using, and then and then you boil it off? Or how does that work? Um, well it's just um it's hard to explain. <laughs> if you look up if you Google what a soxalate extractor is, um there's like a base you use like a flat bottom round flask, and that's put into the heating mantle, which like heats up the thing. And then it runs through these tubes up to the top. And then the condenser at the top is like filled with cold water. Um, But there's like a tube that runs through the cold water so that Mm. the cold water cools it down so that it trickles down into this other part portion and once, and then it soaks in there for a little bit. And then it runs through as soon as it reaches a certain point, because it's like a, um, a siphon effect that kind of mm-hmm. just runs it right through. Yeah. And um, yeah, then it just cycles through this like constantly for hours. <clears throat> and, you can uh, use this on other stuff too, right? Oh yeah. Yeah. You can use it for like extraction of like terpenes or like um, cannabis and whatever, like, I just got it just because I wanted to make tinctures for like turkey tail, reishi and other mushrooms and stuff. What are the benefits you get from the tinctures for you? Um, I'm sure it's different with like the different species or varieties and stuff, but like what are the benefits that you have that you've seen using these uh, uh, tinctures? Um, the only ones that I've, I haven't like experienced anything and I really kind of hope that I don't have to, <laughs> because I made a tincture that's like turkey tail, reishi and chaga all mix into one. 
and with that they're supposed to be like good for preventing cancers and stuff and the main reason that I got into like doing this is because like I don't know I've had like a family member recently pass away from cancer and I was yeah, trying to sucks. build I was trying to uh uh get some tincture from like turkey tail but it just didn't happen fast enough but um yeah and I don't really know if he really would have even wanted to take it anyways to try it out but um that's why I just wanted to kind of do that and like take care of myself and you know and just try to be as healthy as I can and with tinctures you it's the best way that you can actually extract the nutrients that you want out of like reishi and turkey tails you need to either make like a tea out of it or whatever else and I've just been kind of learning plant medicines and that's kind of just where I'm at right now I wonder if anybody's ever used that what was it called the soxalate uh yeah. extractor what was it called again Soxalate. Soxalate. I wonder. I wonder if anybody's ever used that for uh, psilocybin mushrooms. Oh, I don't know. <laughs> I know that you can make blue juice out of psilocybin mushrooms. It's like a cold water extraction over a period of a couple of days. You know, I, I've talked to a lot of people, and I've seen a lot of people do it online and videos, and <clears throat> I don't know, man. It's mixed reactions, and I don't know if it's because of the way people do it or whether they use a different uh, medium or alcohol or whatever to uh, do the extraction, or even if it's just cold water, hot water, whatever. But it's there's a lot of mixed uh, mixed reactions for that one, man. Some people. Yeah. Heard by crystals of the gods. Other people are like, "Nah, eh, you can't crystallize it." Some people, the same thing with like uh, the cold water extractions too. Same thing, man. Yeah, I got yeah, to no. fuck with that stuff. To be honest with you, the fruits themselves do their job, man. I'm good. You know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. I actually found out recently that I really like the wet fruits over dry fruits. Like you know, I've just- I've, I've eaten fresh fruits before, but I was reading a. Uh, an article about a mycologist who was, who was arguing against it. And I understood like, obviously if you're fucking finding shit out in the wild, yeah, there's probably going to be some shit that's not going to be good for us. Probably going to fuck you up. But I mean, if you're growing some shit in your tubs, you know, there's going to be less chances of that happening. But then again, there's, the fungus has a lot of stuff that it lives that has like, it has a lot of symbiotic relationships with a bunch of different bacteria, even just within itself. You know what I mean? It just uh, stays with it continuously. I mean, I don't yeah. know. I don't know if anybody's ever really gone deep into it or really even looked into it, but for me, you know, I, he kind of made, made a case for it for me personally. I mean, I don't advise against it, but for me myself, I'm like, yeah, I'd rather eat dry fruits. You know what I mean? Cause uh, I mean, <laughs> yeah, no, if, that makes sense. even if you think about it, dude, one, if you leave a mushroom in a tub and or a fungus in a tub, it fruits, it sporulates, and eventually it starts to decompose. And I don't know if these enzymes come from within the fungus. I don't know if it's a bacteria assisting this decom- decomposition, but there's a lot of shit happening in there. You know what I mean? And there's a lot of shit that we don't know either, you know? Yeah. I mean, <laughs> you make a strong case. <laughs> I mean, look, for me, myself, I'm okay. I, I have eaten fresh, dude, and they fucked me up, dude. I ate like... Yeah. One, one time I harvested two fruits and there were nice sized fruits, probably like about six, seven inches. The cap had just barely like the, the veil had just torn. Yeah. Um, 
And I ate these two fucking things while I was harvesting the rest of this tub, dude. And I swear to God, dude, I, I died that night, bro. I was like, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> I, I got yeah. my fucking socks rocked off, dude. And I was not expecting it, man. Yeah, no, I just like the taste over uh, the wet, over the dry. The taste is good, man. You're right. And there's all that extra water in there, too. So it's easy to kind of, you know, chew it and then swallow it as opposed to some dry ass fucking fruits. That's for sure. (laughs) It's like chewing on bark here. Yeah. (laughs) What am I eating here? Um, Yeah, I don't know. It's I don't know. It's just the taste. That's the only thing that I can really argue with it but i, I mean, love science it, is science is hard to argue with sometimes well you know what though even within science i mean with all of these things it's, it's still a lot of it is unproven man i mean even that guy's article that's his opinion you know because there yeah. hasn't been many research or, or or studies gone into fucking tubs in somebody's fucking closet across the world you know what i mean yeah and typically like if you're growing it in a tub and like say it's your fresh fruit ideally everything that's in there is sterilized right like that's what i think anyways it's like you're growing it in a for the most part sterile environment i mean it makes sense to be honest with you for me um but then again like i said i don't know about it i don't know about everything man and I'm sure yeah. nothing crazy is going to happen if you fucking eat fresh fruits from your own tub. You know what I mean? But um, I yeah. don't know. For me, I was just like, yeah, I think I'll just stop doing that. <laughs> stop. Yeah. But I like, but maybe I like that, huh? Oh, oh I was just going to be like, but maybe that was his whole plan this entire time. <laughs> <laughs> just, maybe, man. I mean, I, I like eating them. I like drying just for store. Obviously, you're going to end up drying them anyways. You know what I mean? Especially for long-term storage. So it, yeah. it's, it still comes out dry. And then, you know, I, I like doing, a, making like a little a little smoothie out of them with, you know, some lemon juice and ice and, you know, any other kind of juice and, you know, blend that shit and take it, man. I love it that way. Yeah. Yeah. No, I love uh, I actually don't mind the dried fruits mixed with like lemon juice lemon tech and that stuff like yeah blended it up dry powder <laughs> mix it with some lion's mane i've actually been mixing lion's mane uh and what is it shiitake yeah and with like lemon tech and stuff no mostly shit. just like microdosing uh-huh. i mean maybe mini dosing a little bit too you know <laughs> a little bit of micro to mini um but yeah like i don't know it's just so good to like take mushrooms and i think it should be legal i think everybody should have the the right to be able to do it without fear of being the long arm of the law just coming in and smacking you down but actually that brings me to another point too um in vancouver which is not where i live but there was actually like a motion because there's all these cannabis shops that are starting to sell uh magic mushrooms and like microdosing pills and stuff and they were there was a thing put through the city council where they were trying to put a stop to this and then the people on the panel said something like uh we've got bigger things to worry about and like they're not gonna do anything about it. So now it's basically like free reign for people to sell magic mushrooms in Vancouver. No shit. What? 
Well, I yeah. mean, I think uh, the tide is turning and and everything is going in that direction. I mean, even down here in the U.S., they've got Oregon that just, you know, legalized all. Well, fuck, I don't know so much, but last I read was all um, drugs up there, and or yeah. them. So I mean, the writing's on the wall, man. It's 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 that's the way we're moving, you know. And it all came from the people, you know what I mean? We all got together yeah. for the most part and pushed these uh, initiatives out. Yeah, I think a lot of what it comes down to is people just experimenting with drugs, you know, like not taking what the government has to say as like stone, like written in stone, like that's what it is. That's what it's always going to be like. It still classifies cannabis as like a schedule one narcotic Yeah, in some places where it's just like it says that there's no medicinal uses. But like, I mean... We all know that that's not true. <laughs> yeah, man. I mean, the, I guess the, the one of the biggest things, though, that's like that. That's uh, one of the biggest things that the the making these plants illegal was the research aspect of things. Yeah, and that's so important because that's where standards come from. That's where facts come from, you know, science-based facts, uh, findings, yeah. clinical trials and all that. But I mean, to be honest with you, you know, I, for me personally, I grew up in a neighborhood, a family where, you know, cannabis was a fucking, just like alcohol and tobacco, you know, it was just, that's yeah. what it was. People fucking smoked weed, you know, and um, yeah, just here. didn't want to get caught with it, you know? <laughs> yeah. That's the thing. You just don't get caught. <laughs> you find all these ways to hide it and then that's you're fine <laughs> right but e i mean even now when you look at cannabis it truly is being treated like these other substances like tobacco and alcohol of course there's there's a lot of um, pitfalls and, and and drawbacks to it especially in the commercial aspect of things or if you're a business owner um but you know that's expected with something that's going to be regulated yeah yeah i think um, yeah, I'm actually I'm actually really excited with the future that um, Magic Mushrooms has, like in Canada, anyways. Because I've found that they have recently been starting to give out licenses for people at the end of their life or whatever, and doctors to actually experiment with it. Nice. Um, there is, I think Johns Hopkins has done a study, and they found that it like it's reduced um, end of life anxiety. Um, and I think there's a lot of magic that can be done with these mushrooms, <laughs> so manner of play on words, but, um, there's, uh, what is, I've been like doing, I've been reading a few different books too. I can't even remember what they are. Um, I got like audiobooks. Uh, one of them is called the psychedelic explorers guide. Um, another one is healing with psychedelics. Oh, and then, oh, I just remembered. I've been reading The Immortality Key, too. That's mm. a fantastic book. I think the last people, Mike and Maurice, who were on last, yeah, they were talking yeah. about it. That's right, yeah. It's definitely, definitely a really good book. Like, 100% would recommend everybody to read that. Um, but what I was talking about was uh, mushrooms. They're working on legalizing it. There was... Um, well, there's actually quite a few people that are working on legalizing it. Uh, 
Dana Larson, I think he was the guy who has been pushing for cannabis to be legalized for so many years. And now he's just like openly selling it. And his, his mindset is just sell it and then get it into as many people's hands as possible so they can make an educated decision on whether or not they think it should be legalized. And, yeah. um, I mean, that's, that's definitely a good move, man. And you're starting to see a lot of that stuff happening and, for, for me personally, yeah. I'm just really happy that the perspective, that public perspective is, is, is shifting, you know, cause that's yeah. where it all starts, man. I mean, whether the, whether shit's illegal or not, I mean, look, man, uh, as long as you don't get caught. Right. But if your fucking yeah. parents or your family members are looking at you like a fucking criminal because you smoke cannabis, like that's where the real fucking damage comes from, you know? Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Like terrors. It's so de- divisive. And like, that's where I think a lot of problems come from, like, is dividing communities and stuff. And like, that's what they do to like, take control of people is like, they divide and divide and conquer. Right. But I think people really do need to like unite. And I think there's like, we're in a crazy time where people are starting to really learn that and they're actually starting to utilize on how to um, go against all these divisive plans and stuff. And like, I don't know, I don't really want to sound like a conspiracy theorist either, but like, I think there's a lot, there's like a crazy spiritual shift that's happening and it's, I don't know, it sounds weird to say this, but like, I feel it. Yeah. Like, the energies in the world are shifting and it's, yeah. Well, yeah, it's, it's, the writing is definitely on the wall, man. And you can even see it if you just look at everything, you know, I, I mean, mm. the divisiveness part that kind of goes back to what I was saying in terms of how quick information gets dispersed nowadays and how sometimes people can say that that is used against us. And that's true. I mean, that's also one of the yeah. reasons why I don't fucking seek out, you know, big media outlets or, you know, watch TV for the news, because that's my way of being like, look, I, I, I know I can't trust these motherfuckers. They all have some kind of a, <laughs> some kind of a plan with what it is that they're putting out there and they're trying to sway the fucking the the masses you know and yeah when you look at the movement with even psychedelics i mean that's kind of us swaying each other you know and just being like hey it fucking works for me man these things aren't bad you know yeah yeah and like that's one of the things that i've noticed kind of in the community too is like you know everybody has like their opinions but they also have the within that opinion is always like, but it's not the same for everybody. Everybody has their own opinion about it. And like the thing is is like when people smoke like DMT, some people are like, Oh man, like I just love music. And my personal perspective is like, I can't, I can't even with music. It needs to be like silent and like just allow for it to completely take over me. Dude, listen, man, and for me, I know I've been saying this a lot, but for me, uh, that's how I started my first few years of having these sessions or experiences, whether psilocybin, MDMA or DMT, whichever one in between. It was in silence Mm -hmm. and in darkness and the whole thing. Right. And I I really got used to that, man. And then I had a um, there was a local guy here who 
had listened to the psilocybin, the John Hopkins psilocybin playlist. And he mm-hmm. kept fucking swearing by it, man. He kept telling me, oh, I'd be like, yeah, yeah, I'll check it out later, man. Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll use it sometime. And then um, one day I was listening to, um, there's this lady that makes these, um, she makes like this music with like these big old glass or porcelain bowls over the, I don't know what the fuck they are, but she uses this rock thing and then she makes, she rubs it on the edge, like the rim of the bowls and it makes this weird oh, singing thing. bowls. Yeah. 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 No, I love singing bowls actually. Like I want to get one so bad. Well, They're so well, fucking good. Well, check it out. So I, I decided to do like this. This was like maybe six or seven months ago. I decided to do the zoom thing with her. And it was just like a, like a, like a private little thing that she was doing. And there was people that would zoom in and all this shit. Right. Mm-hmm. And I had happened to be tripping a little bit. Like I'd taken a, a little bit of mushrooms that night, like about a gram and a half. I was still able to move around and clean my fucking room and do all this shit, you know? And, um, once that music came on, dude, I was like, oh, shit. <laughs> yeah. I was like, there is something else here. And it wasn't even like the music itself. It was like the vibration. It was just something else, man. And like a month later, when I went back to trip, I was like, I'm going to try the fucking John Hopkins playlist, man. I'm going to see what it's about. You know, and I started reading up on it and checking it out. And I um, set everything up. I laid down. I ate some uh, some Missouricins and mdma but down after the the peak and Mm -hmm. uh dude like uh, the first few songs i was like god i can't like i can't really get comfortable in this i'm trying to lay down and listen to it but i don't know like my mind's kind of fighting it and then i just everything stopped and i wasn't even paying attention to the music and before i knew it i was just feeling this thing it was like feeling a a story I wasn't even like visualizing it, but I was feeling it through like emotion or some shit. I don't know. It's hard to explain what it did to me, man. But I fucking sat straight up and was like, what the fuck is that? And I walked over and I looked up the song and I was like, holy shit, man. I just experienced something else, you know, and I found Mm -hmm. what it was that I was needing that night, dude. I really did, man. And it was it was it was amazing, man. It was fucking amazing. And since then, I, I keep. Uh, suggesting it to people now (laughs) I'm I'm that dude (laughs) you know it's actually really funny that you bring that up because um I've been like I said I've been reading like the psychedelic explorer's guide and it's essentially says that with magic mushrooms people like there are very therapeutic methods of using psilocybin with uh um, music and a lot of people suggest like if you can't figure out what kind of music it, it like it definitely has to be instrumental there can't be any words or anything to like kind of suggest anything um, so classical is usually really good and I've been finding that vibrations definitely like it depends on what kind of music it is but yeah no words instrumental and um, with that psychedelics explorers guide that says like set and setting is huge. And I've been kind of wanting to do that. Um, because I would, I'm really kind of exploring the idea of like ceremonies and stuff with magic mushrooms, which is, is kind of, uh, it's a different beast altogether. Cause if you're going to be getting, 
groups of people together they have to be it has to be like organized in a way where everybody's okay with each other yeah has everybody's, to be like a, everybody has to be on the same level dude like if yeah. one person is off it will you know i started getting into this in this aspect of it too when i started going to breathwork classes um mm-hmm. i started seeing and when i started getting into like the local scene here where i'm at um uh, that's where I started is going to these breathwork classes and meeting other facilitator or facilitators and people that were coming to these meetings. Uh, I was to the meetup app. I don't know if, if you're familiar with it, but the, there's, they just do like these meet and it was big too, right before COVID. And even still with COVID people use zoom and stuff like that. But that's when mm-hmm. I started getting into it and seeing that I was leaving a lot on the table by doing like a solo trip, you know, or even like with the trip setter. Um, yeah. There's so many like, um, just customs, uh, so many traditions behind these plants that humans created thousands of years ago, or even not too long ago, but people that are still doing it like an indigenous place or people that are indigenous to whatever, you know what I mean? People from way back, it's been passed down like as a culture thing. And this is something why people go to like fucking South America or wherever it is to the ayahuasca ceremonies. Yeah. And I started looking into it. And for me, it's still kind of a little hard to, um, I guess the the trust aspect is a big thing, you know, especially for me in particular, like for me, for myself, it's what I'm finding is being able to find somebody or even a group of people that I, that I can trust enough to, you know, to go through that, not just because the legality aspect, but just because um, it it needs to suit me. Right. I mean, I, it's just like any other thing, you know what I mean? You're not going to do something that's so fucking personal with people. You don't, get along with or people you know there's just so many different social aspects to it when when you're doing stuff like that it's the energy like you know and with that when you're like highly in a very um different mind space where you're so in tune with just like everything like with the explorer's guide they say like if you're going to be facilitating a session um if you need to go to the bathroom, you just need to tell people you need to go to the bathroom because if you try to hold it in, people are going to be able to know that. Like they're going to feel that there's something wrong and it's going to hit them in like a certain way where the energy has changed and it's like they can tell that you're uneasy and like you're on on edge and like. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Especially people that, that wear their heart on their sleeve, so to speak. <laughs> Like yeah, me. yeah, <laughs> yeah. I think I don't know. Maybe, maybe it's just me, but yeah, I do. I definitely do that too. Like, and maybe there's something about like uh, psychedelics that kind of allows you to open up and like be more open. But it, it's that's the thing too. Is that I don't know. There's there's so many different contradictions on that. Cause like, if you find a group of people that you're like, you can be open with, like you can be like so open with them. But then when it comes down to like everybody else, you kind of put up these walls because like, you know, like, I don't really know you. I don't know what you're, you're about. And like, we put up these barriers because you just don't want to get fucked over. Yeah. And plus <laughs> some people just don't, are not interested in other people's shit. Some people just want to go and do their own shit. You know what I mean? And and that's okay too. I mean, that's just like, for me, I fall, I find myself in that 
category a lot more. And I think it's just because of my pr- approach to these substances. And what that is, is I go in to, 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 to fix myself, to heal. You know what I mean? I'm not much of yeah. an explorer in terms of let's see where this can take me. You know, I'm more of, you know, I've got something that's fucking with me or something that's bugging me, or I've got to change my perspective on this certain thing and I need some assistance with it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. What, how do you approach these uh, substances? Like, what is it that, that you go in for? Um, there is, there's so many different ways you can play around with them. Um, and I say that in like a very, like, I don't know. It's a hard way to explain it, but it's like, um, like I have tried to use magic mushrooms very unsuccessfully so far (laughs) to help me with like quitting. Like I'm smoking e-cig and I'm trying to like quit that. And it's been quite unsuccessful so far, but I think I'm not really doing it right. So I'm just trying to figure out the right way to do that. And sometimes I just like, I feel myself being really agitated and I just need like to escape from, I just need an escape, I guess. And like, there was one time I took like a, a, I guess I should say a mini dose or like a micro dose. I can't remember how much I did. I think it was maybe like 0.4 or something like that. And I just decided that I was going to go and um, meditate. And like, I went deep and it was actually funny because I was just like, I went, had a shower and they started kicking in (laughs) and it was like, (laughs) I don't know, maybe I had like a gram. I can't remember how much I had actually, but I went in to the shower and then just like, turned it on the bath and I was like, I'm going to meditate. Like, I just feel like, cause I was in the shower and there's like this voice that was telling me in my head. I'm like, if you can't go outside, go in. Cause I just like for that day, I didn't really feel like going outside and it was like one of my days off. So I was just like, well, fuck, if this is what it's telling me to do, I'm just going to go ahead and go in. And I went in and I was doing some like soul searching, like kind of in myself. And I found like, a very peaceful scene like within myself, which is like a forest and like energies within these trees and stuff. Like, and I saw like a, a tiger and shit. And it was like very spiritual. I don't know. People might think I'm crazy for saying that stuff, but no, I man, know. I mean, there's a lot of shit that happens and a lot of things that you see when you experience these uh, substances, you know, and I mean, I've had it myself, you know, I've had conversation with entities, you know what I mean? And yeah, like the, I, I think I can't remember if I said this before, but um, I think like, I don't know, maybe like two months ago or a month ago, I was, uh, <clears throat> I had deuced myself here and I was speaking with somebody on Discord and like speaking through the audio, computer audio and so forth. And, and they started to kick mm-hmm. in and I was like, hey, man, I'm, I'm going to go lay down. And I was walking out of this room, going to my room, uh, to my bedroom. And my wife was tripping on my kids about some shit. I can't even remember what the fuck it was, dude. But I was just peeking, bro. And I was like, fuck. 
fuck, man, like this fucking emotion and all this fucking anger. I was like, it was getting to me like really bad, dude. And my wife didn't even know I was fucking tripping, man. And <laughs> <laughs> was like, what the fuck is wrong with you? What are you? And I was like, oh, fuck. <laughs> and, she uh, knows. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, it, it went south, dude. Like all this fucking negative, this anger just went into me, man. And I was like, fuck it. I can't do nothing about it. And I just had her leave the room and turn the lights off. And I sat there with this fucking energy, bro. And like, oh man, I, I asked this thing to show itself to me from somebody's suggestion, dude. And I, I saw this fucking scary ass, I had this vision, dude, where it was just, it was pure fucking fear, man. And I don't know. I mean, I, I made it through and everything turned around, but those first, like, I don't know, maybe hour, it was just like, God damn, I was a fucking white knuckle in it, man. Oh yeah. No, I've had some pretty like crazy experiences. Like, and like, Oh, there's like one time I took, um, like actually this is a little bit like maybe a week or so after I tried DMT for the first time and I did it completely wrong. Like not going to lie whatsoever. (laughs) I was like, yeah, I did that completely wrong. I was just like trying to dip my toes in. Like after I had a few drinks of wine, Oh yeah. (laughs) don't recommend it whatsoever. Uh Like my, I looked at my hand and it like burst into fractals. I was like, Oh shit. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. That'll happen uh to you. I was like, "Uh Oh, I, I, I I think I took too much. And like, (laughs) Because I was just like gonna see like what the little feeling was. Because I was like, I'm just kind of curious. I'll just dip my toes just a little bit. Didn't even like measure it out or anything. I was like, just gonna take like 0.05, like five milligrams, like that, just to see. But <laughs> I was like, uh oh, I think I, w- I think my scale's broken. <laughs> yeah, that's that's one thing <laughs> not to not fuck with. And even even when you try, like I've had some. I would call them very difficult experiences with DMT and uh, uh, it gets rough sometimes, man, no matter what you do. Um, I just always yeah. take it kind of like, uh, it's just kind of like there's a lesson in there. You know, I'm going to, I'm not going to walk away from this thing without something, you know, something that will ultimately benefit me. You know what I mean? It could be something small, be something really yeah. small. You know, it's like actually really funny about that experience is that when that happened, my drinking consumption has like gone way, way down. Like I don't drink as much as I used to. (laughs) And like, so yeah, there is probably a lesson in there that just like, it changed me. I'm like, Oh fuck alcohol. No bueno. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Mixing it with DMT anyways, for me, there's some people that like it. True. Yeah. But God damn more power to them, man. You know, for me, uh, a big thing that these substances has uh, helped me with is seeing my issues for what they are and not just Mm -hmm. like the symptoms of the issue. Right. Because even like the drinking aspect, I was drinking because I used to drink like a motherfucker, dude, like all week, all day. Um, And the thing was, it wasn't the drinking that was the issue. The drinking was the symptom of a deeper seated issue. And once I was mm-hmm. able to be able to explore my mind and these emotions and where they come from or where they originated from, you know, once that perspective started switching or shifting, I saw myself not running to these other substances as much like alcohol or other things, you know? Yeah. 
It happens, man. Shit, shit's a really a hell of a perspective changer, man. And a lot of times that's all we need, you know, and that's one of the very few things that we can actually control or, or do something about, you know? Yeah. Oh, and then I guess I forgot I was going to another point with that. Um, after that happened, um, I, ta- I took uh, half a gram of mushrooms and I was like sitting in bed and like the lights were all off and stuff like that. And I saw this, like, I actually have like a projector too, that like goes on the wall, Nice. but I saw you run away. You're tripping. Uh, I was actually like going to play some video games with a buddy. And like, I just like, (laughs) yeah, it's it's fun. (laughs) Um, but then I saw this orb of light just like in my closet, just like floating there. And it, and then it just like disappeared. And I was like, holy fuck, I feel like there's like a presence here with me. And I just like, I don't know, it was like a weird feeling that I had. And I was like telling my buddy about it afterwards. And I was like, I should not have seen that on half a gram of mushrooms. I was like, uh, did like something open up inside of me? Like, you know, man, uh, I, I think I've hear a lot of people, I hear a lot of people talk about that, especially with psilocybin and, and mushrooms is feeling like a different presence. And I'm going to tell you, um, you know, I don't know what it is, man. I don't know if it's just my mind playing tricks on me or, or something in my subconsciousness that's, le- you know, leaking out, you know, to the my waking conscious. But um, that day that I was having that, that trip, when I was talking to the guy here on discord, we were talking about, um, uh, we were talking about like angels and demons and entities, like along those lines. And I remember seeing shit in like out of the corner of my eye and being like, Oh fuck, man, I got to stop talking about this. Dude. <laughs> and just like getting this weird fucking feeling, man. And I don't know, some people really feel like, um, <laughs> You know, these entities or these beings or whatever the fuck they are, 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 you know, like a real thing. Like it's things from like a different realm and other people believe it's just, you know, fragments of your own consciousness or mentality or personality, you know, that you come across. But, you know, for me, whatever they are, man, um, you know, they always seem to benefit me in one way or another. Yeah. Or push me in the right direction. Yeah, it. It was really wild for me because, like, I've, um, I'm going to talk about some other stuff too. Like, after, after that, I saw that orb too. I went with somebody else. We were going to go and look at that, uh, comet that was in the sky. I don't know how long ago was that, that was. Was that last was like, year? Yeah, it was last year. Yeah, that's sometime. right. Yeah. Yeah, I remember. Um, And there was like a moment where somebody shone a flashlight in a direction and I saw like a clear shadow, like figure of somebody. And it was like a person in the middle of this beam of the flashlight. And I was like, holy shit. I like scared the shit out of me. Cause I was like, I was like, I only did like half a gram of mushrooms. There's no way that I should have been seeing that kind of shit. And, um, yeah, it's, it's wild though. Like, cause I don't really, it's hard for me to really accept that kind of stuff because like, I've been kind of like an atheist for a while, like where I don't really believe that there's an afterlife or I don't know. It's not really like, uh, it's hard to like explain. Cause like, I didn't really think of anything like that. Mind you, I've had like experiences with like ghosts and stuff. Like I worked at a hotel that was haunted for sure. 
like there was one day I was working at the counter and uh, I hear this like knocking on the other side of this door that was like, it was just a room. There was no other entrance than the door that I had access to. And it was like a little tiny, like basically a little closet. (laughs) And I was like, what the fuck? And I like, part of me is like, do I open this door or do I not open this door right now? (laughs) Just leave it, man. (laughs) I open the door. (laughs) That's how motherfuckers get killed in the movies, dog. (laughs) (laughs) I know. Straight up. I was like, but like, there was this... It's weird too, because like, yeah, when it's in a movie, you're just like, don't open the don't, door. What are you an idiot? Like, don't open the fucking door, motherfucker. And then I was just like, but I have to know what's on oh, the other side of this. No, I'm dude. like, is some did somebody like sneak in here where like I went off somewhere or something? So I like open up the door. There's nothing, and it was like also attached to a nightclub. So I went into the nightclub too, and there was what? nobody in there. And I was like, what the fuck? Where did this fucking knock come from? And like had no, no explanation for it whatsoever. And I still like didn't believe in ghosts. <laughs> and then like there was another time too where I was like talking to a a customer, and I was like talking about how like the place was haunted, and it's actually like funny too because like at that moment, the phone ring rang, and I was just like, it was like not. I have no idea what happened to this day. But, like, the phone rang. I picked it up, said, hello, thank you for calling. And then I could hear the sounds of my own voice coming from my own cell phone. Like, my phone called it on speakerphone. And the guy, like, froze up. And I was just, like, hung up the phone immediately. And I was like, (laughs) what just happened there? I was like, I have no idea what just happened. And he's like, I'm going to... I'm going to, I'm going to go to my room. <laughs> like, all right. Yeah. No, fair enough. See ya. <laughs> well, I mean, there are people that believe that, um, when you take these substances, like even like mushrooms, um, you get like a heightened sense, uh, like almost like a new type of sense, uh, or feeling or whatever you want to call it. Um, mm-hmm. But, I, you know, I don't know too much about that, to be honest with you. I mean, me personally, I have had experiences where I had like these visions, you know, and it almost felt like I was there, like a dream kind of, you know, and uh, mm-hmm. I would I was seeing things and I was in this place and, you know, things were, you know, reacting with me as well, me being there as well. And uh, I don't know, man. I mean, there's some trippy shit that you go through or some places that you even go to with some of these substances, you know. Yeah, DMT is definitely a wild oh, shit, one. That's man. for sure. How was your first time? Like, you tell me about it. Um, well, the first time didn't really count. Um, but then like the actual first time that I took like a substantial like dose, I don't remember anything other than like it felt kind of like uncomfortable. I don't even think that I broke through that that time either. Um, but the first time that I like it's it's hard for me to remember what the first time actually was because I've done it like quite a bit. There's, um, it's hard to explain because it just like has this weird like vibe to it, and like I can't really remember much of the details. I do remember some experiences that I've had, like where I've seen like gray aliens and shit, 
like kind of just there. And um, another time I took some and I saw like uh, an angel, like a biblical angel. There's like no real conversations or anything like that. It just like felt like a peaceful, like loving presence was just there. And then I'm like gone. Um, and then there was one time I went to go and take like, uh, I think it was like 15 milligrams. And I was like, this is going to be like a quick, easy, like not really even, not even really an adventure, just kind of like a, a little taste of the realm, see some fractals and stuff. And I like shot right through, like broke right through <laughs> to the other side. Like it was crazy too. Cause like, um, it, I've heard other people saying that they had the the same experience that I did where you're like, there's like this box that you're supposed to figure out how to open. And like, it seems like it's very emergent. Like it's like an emergency. You're very urgent, like a sense of urgency to open this box. And like, I can remember them being like, nobody can really figure this out. Like you've got to just do this. And I'm like, I have no idea what just happened right now. This is not where I was planning to be. I'm sorry. Like, <laughs> I don't know. Weird, I have no idea what's going on right now, but it was like, it was like a box, but it wasn't really, it was more of like a sphere and there was like all these moving patterns and stuff. And it was like, I think it was like kind of like uh, machine elves. I think that's what everybody kind of calls them, whatever. But it was like, it was crazy. You know, I, I've heard of people having uh, experiences where, um, God, I can't remember who the fuck uh, wrote a trip report not too long ago where they were being shown like some kind of a technology and uh, they were like trying to give this person this information, but they, they're telling them like, hey, I don't know what the fuck I'm doing here. Like, I don't even know this shit doesn't even make sense to me. I don't even know what language you're speaking. But, and I, you know, I've, I've never had an, uh, an experience like that most of the experiences that I have are just like in different realms. And um, like the last one that stood out the most, and this is one that kind of prompted me to stop uh, taking DMT for a while was last year in June or July. And I think I still have that trip report up on uh, the site, but <clears throat> I remember sitting down in my room and getting ready to hit that. I was finishing everything up in this room I've got back here where I record and shit and also work right now in the mo at the moment. But um, I had my, um, I had this Yolcan device and it's with yeah. the stock coil. So there's a lot of fucking runoff, man. But usually I just, I just fucking pour a good amount of fucking crystals in that motherfucker and just tap it a few times. And then I re mm -hmm. get ready to hit it. But um, I remember hitting it. And I'll usually hit it like a few times. I'll take one huge ass rip. And I remember laying back in my chair and my hearing my children, my two oldest sons were in the next room and they're playing like some fucking, I don't remember what it was they're playing, but they're cussing at each other like loud, like, fuck you, motherfucker, like just loud. And I realized <laughs> that I left my door open, bro. And I'm like the, the, my room is like slowly disappearing from top to bottom as I'm like, trans like transporting into this different fucking place that's outside somewhere and their voices are echoing in my head as i'm fucking leaving my body dude i'm like fuck and i whoops I <laughs> to this place it's like outside and it's like in this big large field but there's these cinder blocks and like a big maze i could just see they're just running for for a long way and i remember getting down this way where it was just like uh 
it was just like a dead end. And I turned around and there was this fucking, this fucking dragon that was like a snake, but it had the face of a dragon. And you ever see those Chinese, those Chinese parades where they have that big old long snake and there's like five people underneath and it's all moving all fucking yeah. crazy. That thing floated over my shoulder and like did this weird dance in front of me and then just like locked eyes with me like two inches away from me and it was just it, it brought my children's uh voices back in and like turned them into letters and i was like what the? like i was just feeling this fear and all the letters just disappeared and crumbled into like dust and then he kept fucking swimming around me dude and like it was just causing so much fear inside of me that like, I can remember feeling my body shake in my chair. And I remember saying like, fuck it. If I'm going to die, I'm going to fucking die. I mean, there's nothing I could do about this and I just have to accept it for what it is. And mm -hmm. and I just fucking remember just seeing that world fade away from bottom to top and watching my room come back slowly or me coming back into my room, just being like, Holy fucking shit. That was it was rough, man. It was really rough. It happened for like, I say about a good 10, uh, about eight minutes straight of just this dragon fucking like trying to break me, you know? And it was like orange, uh, yellow, like stripes, but then it had these like feathers hanging off of it, but they looked like just one leaf, like a leaf, but they were like orange and red, but they looked like mm -hmm. overall feathers. It was this crazy fucking serpent entity, man. And, it was rough, dude. It was really rough. <laughs> yeah. That's pretty wild. <laughs> I stopped for like two months afterwards, man, because leading up to that uh, experience, I was I was trying to blast off like every two fucking days for like a month. And I kept getting mm -hmm. like this just block like it was saying, nope, you can't come in. Nope. And I would even go to these places where I would see these entities that were like, like just shaking their heads at me. <laughs> yeah. And I would try to tell them like, I want to come in. And one of them grabbed me, dude. And like fast forwarded me into this different place. It was like this big old plant. And inside of this plant, mm -hmm. there was like just people's bodies. It was fucking some shit that made me want to shit my pants. You know what I mean? I was like, all right, all right, I get it. And then that last time I went, dude, it was just like, you, there's nothing for you here, man. You get the fuck out of here. Don't come back until, you know, whenever the fuck we say so. So I, I took some time off of it from it, man. Yeah, that's wild. I've never had anything like that. <laughs> oh, dude, that's the thing. Is, had, go ahead. I was just going to say, I've had it where, like, I've taken some and, like, don't really feel anything, don't really go anywhere. There's some people well, that like, really need the MAOI part of it, dude. They really do. I had a friend of mine yeah. who smoked like a whole, like a half of a fucking gram in one day, bro, in one sitting. And he was like, yeah, I think I see a little lights. Or he was like, yeah, I, can feel, I just feel this really hard. Uh, he was having a real, like a body load to it, like a body uh, reaction. Mm -hmm. And I, you know, there is some people who the MAOI would really, really benefit them, you know, but then also there's some people who do the, MAOI and DMT like uh, ayahuasca and they do it for hundreds of time and they never have this out of body experience. It's always just kind of like this different experience, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I've been, I've got some, some stuff to mess around with, maybe try some changa or something. Uh, that's something that I've been wanting to experiment with is changa. 
but I think the main reason that I wanted to get into it was because like I wanted to know if there was like an afterlife kind of thing. You know what, man? <laughs> I'll, I'll tell you this much from all the traveling that I've done and all the conversations that I've had and, and these experiences that I've had. I, I feel like this place is that like this part of your mind is that it can facilitate that. Like even like your dreams, you know, like I've, yeah. I've always had lucid dreams and, and it wasn't until I experienced DMT that they just completely changed and, and shifted. And it's almost yeah. like, very, very similar to the DNT experiences that I now have. You know, there's always like this fucking story or some shit like this symbology, you know, that is trying to show me something, you know, and it could be myself. It could be myself. It could be something else. Who fucking knows? But um, I feel like yeah. they're they're interconnected somehow. They're, they, there's definitely a correlation to it. Even like with yeah. meditation and, you know, all these yeah, other things that people do. Yeah, I mean, it's that part of your consciousness, you know, and it, does consciousness stop when you die physically or does it continue? Yeah, is the consciousness separate from the body? Yeah, that, I mean, that's the question, right? Yeah. Yeah, like um, one of the things that I've like recently well not recently it's been a while now but it just like kind of stuck with me is like uh alan watts talking about um like what death is like and what it is is that if you can like picture what you're looking at right now and like what's behind your eyes like it's not blackness it's not anything like it's just like nothing and that's what like the afterlife is basically like <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's and, there's a lot of there's a lot of theories and there's a lot of speculation on it, right? But the fact of the matter is, yeah. nobody alive knows. Yeah, it's only, only a one way to find out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you fucking Jim Morris yourself. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, no. Jim Morris yeah, no. yourself, dog. <laughs> yeah, no, not me. Um, yeah, no, there is. Uh... <laughs> Yeah, so it's been like a, an experience and a journey in that, with that regard. And like seeing, like as somebody who wasn't really like super religious, like I did go to church when I was a kid and stuff, but I like, I didn't really like church just because it felt too, I don't know, it's, it's weird to explain, like mostly because I don't know the words to explain it. <laughs> yeah, that happens. <laughs> but, but like... I just didn't like it, you know, like it just felt not right. Like there wasn't, it didn't feel genuine. Like, I don't know. And, you know, like the thing too is they can tell you all these experiences that say these people in the Bible had and like all these religious experiences, but until you have like a sort of religious experience yourself, like when I saw an angel, I'm like, holy fuck, like there's got to be like something there. And like, maybe it is my mind, but. But it is it, like the thing is, is that it's still happening and you're still experiencing it. And that's the thing yeah. that kind of makes you question these. Like the thing about religion for me that I've seen is just like they're all trying to explain the same fucking thing. 
And some people yeah. will argue that what we're doing with psychedelics and having these experiences is seeking that thing too. And that thing mm-hmm. goes to what is all of this? What does it all come from? Right? The word God, people interpret it as God, Jesus, uh, Muhammad, Yeshua, whatever you want to call it that thing the source i mean that's kind of the same fucking thing man because all these experiences that i've had i think about these entities and i'm like well you know if i look at people the shit they say about in the bible and i'm like yeah it's kind of along the same fucking line i mean it would it would make sense to somebody from back then would only have so much to compare it to or to interpret it as i could say these things are demons or some people could um, interpret them as demons or angels or the source you know we experience those things and i just find it to be just a different interpretation of that one thing you know and some things don't not everything fits for everybody you know what i mean we find our own thing you know at the end of the day i i feel like that's what this journey is for me you know is finding that yeah that thing yeah, it's like light and dark energies, but even with that, like the light and dark energies aren't necessarily good and evil. There's like so much gray area between the two because with the the dark and the light, like they have their own interpretations of what is good and what is bad or like they have their own needs and things that they're kind of like that they're going after. And like, um, uh, something else crazy that like happened to me in 2019 is like, I had a friend who like, uh, um, well, he passed away by his own means, basically, um, lost his battle with depression and that sucks. It was like a few months later, like there's been like days where I was just like basically thinking about him, just hoping that he's okay and everything. And then it was like, I think it was sometime in March that that happened. And in August, I was like having trouble going to sleep. And I guess I fell asleep, but like I had to go out into the garage where I was staying And like, I went out there and everything seemed like normal. It didn't like seem like a dream at all. Everything was like super vivid. And just like, I was out there and the door to the outside just like slowly swung open. And there was like my friend and he like looked like how he looked. We had like a conversation unlike we had had before. And it was like, you know, usually how dreams kind of take from things that have happened in life like this seemed different like there was something different there and he just like wanted me to tell everybody that he was okay and it wasn't until like well over a year after that that he had passed that I actually decided to tell everybody about that like our group of friends and stuff that that had happened it was a dream I was like I don't know if it was a dream like it felt like I had fallen asleep, but oh, like yeah. it didn't feel like it was like really a dream. Yeah. Well, I mean, dude, if you've had like that's the one with with lucid dreaming, dude. It's it's very difficult to tell that you know um, tell the difference or mm-hmm. tell when you're dreaming, right? Like 
uh, when I experienced DMT, I had this like six weeks straight where I, pretty much, I mean, I'm sure there was a day or two where I didn't, but I was falling asleep here and then waking up in a different reality and just like not even knowing it's all halfway through the fucking day and being like, what the fuck? Like I'm completely somebody else or I'm somewhere else. You know what I mean? And yeah. waking up here and going to work, seeing my wife and my kids and then going back and then going to this. And it was rough. It was really rough, man. Like I, it was hard to tell. And I got to a point where I was even like, I didn't know if I was dreaming it while I was at work. You know what I'm saying? Like, is this just a dream to like shit like that can happen, man. I mean, it's uh, it gets really confusing. You know, when things seem so fucking real in that, yeah. that mind space, you know? Yeah. And I was like going through the hard time of like my divorce at the time too. And like, just seeing him and like him being like, you know, just, I just want you to like, I, one of the questions that I had, I was like, how did you like know where to find me? And he's just like, this is just where I felt I needed to be. And it's, it's funny too. Cause like I told a couple of my friends after that and they're like, well, it's good that he met you because like, you're really ground, like you're really grounded, you're level headed and stuff because I would have probably just tried to strangle him. <laughs> just cause like people were so upset because oh, he, yeah, 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 that's right. what he yeah. did. Yeah. And like, I was like, yeah, I guess, you know, that's fair. <laughs> but I was kind of going through my own shit at the same time too. Right. Like, so I wasn't really upset with him. It was more of like an understanding, like he just wanted peace. And like, I think that's a lot of what comes down to for our society about talking about suicide is like, there's this negative connotation or maybe that's not the right word, but like there's this negative aspect talking about suicide. Like if you have these thoughts, like, they're perfectly natural for people to have is like to feel like maybe it would be easier if they were dead. Like, yeah. But I, don't you kind of think like, that's just something that's built inside of us. Like when has it ever been? I mean, I, I feel like it's just always been that way. Like even I've known a few guys who have taken their lives, you know, from, from my time in the, in the, in the military, you know, and uh-huh. as far as it goes on my end, like I, 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 I mean, it is what it is, but, you know, it's embarrassing to even say like people that have had like suicide attempts, you know what I mean? It's embarrassing for them just to say, but that might just be something within ourselves. But I I guess for sure, talking more about it would make things a little more, um, I I wouldn't call them acceptable, but a little more commonplace. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's the same thing with like other mental illnesses. I mean, that's where that shit stems from, you know, it's not, having that like feeling where you can't talk to people about shit like that. And it may be something personal too, you know, it may just be on the individual themselves. who's just like, not that kind of person. I mean, we know people, I know people like that in my life who are still alive, but you know, they don't talk about shit like that at all. You know? Yeah. I think there's like some kind of strength and vulnerability too, though, like being able to talk about that kind of stuff. Like I've had dark days where, you know, you like think about it, but like, you're yeah. not going to go and do it. Yeah. Um, it's yeah. It's just like, there's, there's definitely something within all of us that has those thoughts. And it's just like, you know, when people actually act on those thoughts, then people are like, how could you do that? You know, like, it's like, 
it's they were in a dark place and you know shit just happened and it just yeah yeah i mean yeah for sure i mean i I don't know, man. I mean, I could look at some people and, and understand sometimes too, man. I mean, shit does get fucking difficult, especially when you let shit get to you. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, people looking and the people that are like a lot of them just care too much or a lot, you know, and just kind of just, yeah, I don't know. It just gets to them, man. That's why for me, I think uh, taking a step back or lim- uh, eliminating things out of your life is good for you too. You know I mean? We have enough with just what's in front of us. You know what I mean? Just yeah. our family, our friends, our loved ones. Once you start throwing in fucking social media and fucking watching news every goddamn night or, you know, watching shit like that. I mean, that's, that just piles onto it, man. Like you just start sucking in that energy and it changes yeah. motherfuckers. You know, I mean, that's what I meant by that story of that dude. I'm like, God damn, man, you're a completely different person. You look fucking like 20 years older than you did, you know? Yeah, no, the news and stuff. Well, and like, yeah, not being able to talk to people about it, I think, is the one thing. Is yeah, because like then you take it on yourself, right? <clears throat> you, you've got nobody to communicate these things with, and you just feel so isolated and alone. And that's one of the things that like is really bad for the human psyche because we all want connection. We all want like a place where we feel like we can open up to anybody with anything and not have them like judge it's true yeah that, that's 100 percent for sure man but you know there's a lot i think that's kind of what's making these online communities also like a popular like a go-to for other people and i think that's why people are seeking uh-huh. these places like that um Mad Mike, I was talking about it. Uh, he's got a group where um, it's based on recovery, but it's not technically just about recovery. You know, it's just a, play, a safe place, you know, for people just to be open about shit and talk about their their, their problems or learn about them. You know, mm-hmm. I think uh, those things are, com- are are becoming popular because of that, you know, because in all reality, yeah. there's you can go your entire day and not meet somebody that you would completely trust with, you know, certain feelings uh, with inside of you. You know what I mean? Yeah. For sure. Like, and that, that there is like a, a, a play or a person that you can to talk to about certain things, but yeah. Like if you feel like you can't really talk to some people about some things too, like it should you like, I don't know. It's weird. It's a weird area too, to talk about. Cause like, it's not necessarily saying that like maybe you shouldn't be friends with that person because you can't talk to them about some things, but it's like, that's kind of like how people are too. Is like, you just, you have certain things that you trust some people with. Yeah. And like, There's definitely different trust levels for sure. Yeah. And like, yeah, it's like how I'm, I am at work. I'm a completely different person than how I am from home. Like, <laughs> Like nobody knows at work that I like take magic mushrooms every now and then. I, and I, like, I try not to be, to be honest, but uh, there's still part of it that's like, obviously there's going to be shit that I'm not going to say in front of my fucking boss, you know, but with my coworkers that, you know, I, there comes a point yeah. when it's like, yeah, dude, come on. Fuck. Who doesn't? <laughs> How do you yeah. motherfuckers get drunk on the weekends? Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> 
yeah yeah you all drink i have my thing you have yours exactly, let's man. just live in perfect harmony let's not judge each other be, based on the substance that they take like yeah i mean even like sugar or and eating and food and sex and money it's the same fucking shit man we've all got something we fucking do some people most people you know and it could be whatever your go-to is to alleviate your stress and it doesn't necessarily mean that it's a bad thing it's just that it can come uh, get out of hand if you allow it to, and you allow your inner struggles to bleed over into things like that, you know? Yeah, for sure. Like it's, yeah, exactly. It's like an addiction thing where like you get addicted to the serotonin or like the dopamine that's being released in your brain every time you do this thing. I mean, there's people that I know that drink, to the point where they become physically dependent on it, you know, and they drink because they had this issue and then they can't even remember the fucking issue because they're now they're just, they, they have to have a drink when they wake up. Otherwise they, they get this fucking hangover that's been chasing them for 20 fucking years, you know? Yeah. <laughs> no. It can get out of hand, man. It can, anything can. <laughs> Yeah, it's just the way she goes, man. Like, <laughs> yeah. Well, you gotta also be part of those groups, and you also gotta find your place, man. You really do. You gotta find a community or group of people yeah. or create it, you know, locally, and yeah. just be like, I trust you, and I and I love you, and I know you love me, and you trust me. So we're gonna I be cool like, with each other. Yeah, I feel like everybody needs to build like their own local communities where they can like talk to people about stuff like that. And even if not build it, support what's already there. Yeah, exactly. And like before this whole like COVID thing, I was actually like going to this meditation group where we did like group guided meditation. And it was like the most wild experience I've ever had. And like definitely if shit gets better, um, I would recommend people trying to seek out these places like locally yeah. and like going to these group guided meditations see how you feel about it because like for me it was just like something else because like I've done meditation by myself and it's I mean like it's good it definitely is very like eye-opening and good for your mind and um, seeing things differently but when you're in a group setting and like everybody is kind of meditating on the same thing it's like it was wild for me because like I had one experience that has like stuck with me and it's like burned into my memory is that we were doing this group guided meditation and the guy was going on like this one thing and like my brain because I kind of have like a attention deficit and like, and I just like veer off into certain different thoughts. Like my brain veered off into this different thought and like, and for some weird reason, the group followed me. I was like, Whoa, that was trippy. That's pretty cool. <laughs> it was like, that wasn't even like with drugs or anything like that. That was before I even tried like DMT or anything like that. And like, I hadn't gotten back into mushrooms or anything. And it was just like, a weird connection to the community that like, yeah. I think that, you know, even um, any of these experiences that are like that, um, that are psychedelic, um, 
you know, I, I think, I, I think there, there comes a point or there is a place where, you know, you can reach the similar levels or those same levels, you know, even without, you know, ingesting any kind of, you know, foreign substance or whatever you want to call it. I think yeah. it's just a part of our mind, man. I think, um, I don't know. I think it's pretty cool. And I think it can be done. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. So what do you got looking like in terms of the future? Like, when you got anything you're looking forward to or anything you'd like to see or anything like that? I am working on getting uh, a legal license to grow um, magic mushrooms, actually. <laughs> I'm trying to get connected with some doctors and stuff like that in the area where that are able to prescribe those kinds of things and like do group settings or even like have like, I'm actually trying to get into being able to be a guide myself. So I'm working on an application process. I've actually already contacted uh, health Canada and like BC health minister and stuff like that on how I can apply for a license to grow. And I've, they've gotten back to me already, too, with the process on how to do it. And I'm like, cool. I just need to get my ducks all lined up in a row, and I just need to get this going. Nice. Now, I know that's something that um, – I remember that's something that stood out. We are on the Discord, and we are having a, a conversation about um, – that experience or that um, route that um, a lot of people are taking and the institutions that are in place and even the practices that are in place and even the pros and cons of that industry when it comes to like becoming somebody who's like an integration specialist or a coach or a guide or whatever you want to call yeah, it. Yeah. 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 There was a course that I looked at and uh, I didn't like it. <laughs> I didn't like, like, I don't know. There was just like a weird vibe that was given off about like the integration of um, magic mushrooms, which isn't like the route that I want to go. Like I want to, but I don't want to be a therapist either. Like that's, yeah, <laughs> that's the thing. Cause like, I'm not a therapist. Why do I think that I can help people figure out themselves when fuck, I've got my own issues I'm going through too. Like we're all human. Like, <laughs> who do I think I am that I can fix other people when I've got like my own shit that I need to deal with. And like just being able to like have a space, um, hold space for people have like, just be there to be like a loving force while they're kind of tripping off their gourd. Um, (laughs) I think that's a big thing though, right? Like that's a big question is, you know, how do you get to that point where you feel like you can help other other people, you know, um, confidently and successfully, right? And actually make some kind of a change or impact in your community. Yeah. That's the thing, too, is it comes from a lot of, like, um, it just experiences, right? Like, that's why I'm, like... I'm trying to do my own experiences so that I know that I'm comfortable with it. And I've had like so many different experiences so that I know what to expect or what other people can kind of expect from it. And like, I, 
that's why I'm kind of reading all these books and stuff too, is like with the integration course that I was going to take, they said that, Oh, like I had nowhere to go from all of this. And the information that I got was just from like other sources and my brain just clicked. And I was like, well, if there's all this information out there, why do I need to take this course if I can go on this journey myself? Yeah. Like, and then I'll have, I'll feel a little bit more, um, more confident in myself in these kind of experiences and it it just comes down to like the confidence and like just having experiences with people holding space and like yeah well yeah i mean there's something to be said about understanding the practice and like you know the process or even just like setting something up right but i mean i look at it even as like teachers of anything right i mean for example even like being in the military like there was guys that were never deployed that were in the military for like 15 16 years and then there was guys that were actually in for six years and deployed for four of those fucking years and you can tell the difference in terms of leadership and also the way that people follow them and you can tell the difference between these two you know there's guys that had been in that in the military for so long that people kind of lost a little bit of respect not lost but like didn't have as much respect for the person that knew about the moves and the tactics, but never put it to practice as opposed to somebody who actually learned the tactics during the process and also yeah. had that rear time as well, where they were also becoming, you know, established in the institution, so to speak, you know, there's, yeah, it's, it goes, it goes the same way. Like for me, I, you know, I've been experiencing these substances since, you know, the beginning of 2016 and, I look at myself yeah. and I look at my entire journey and I'm like, oh, I'm like knee deep in shit right now. Like, <laughs> I don't even know which way to go at this moment. Like, I'm still trying to figure this shit out myself. Like, I don't even know if I would even trust somebody with the same experience that I have in order to guide me, you know, because that's a, what's the difference between somebody who has read about this for the last four years or six years in some kind of academic uh, standing and also, and also had the experiences as opposed to somebody who has just done this since the beginning, since the sixties or the seventies, you know what I mean? Like they're all going to have yeah. their pros and cons. Right. But yeah. people just, can it fits different suits for different people, right? It suits different people. Yeah. yeah. And a lot of it comes down to, too, is like, you're not really there to interpret other people's trips. Like that's, that's the thing is like, people are very like, everyone is kind of divine in their own light. Um, like, like me just being able to like go and do this stuff all by myself. Like I've come to a lot of like realizations myself and it's like to think why, if I can do this myself, like who's to say that other people can't do it themselves either. Like, do they, yeah, it's good to have like a group setting for some people, you know, for support and like just being able to have somebody who can like hold your hand or whatever. If you're like, not really feeling strong um, or if you just need some loving energy, like when you're in these, when you're on these substances, I think that can be really powerful in itself as well. Yeah, for sure. I, I just think that it, it takes, 
different practices um, to in order yeah. to facilitate the entire thing. Like I know that there's like clinics out there that are doing shit like that and they're in their infancy for sure. Like even like the toad is a big thing down here where I'm at and they've got clinics oh, yeah. in uh, Mexico and I've spoken to a few people who have gone to these things and <clears throat> some people are like, Oh dude, it was perfect from start to end. I mean, I was being taken care of medically. Um, there was staff there and there was my own time where I had my own time, but somebody just being able to help me. And then there were some people who were like, I was fucking shit, dude. Like I just smoked this stuff out of a fucking meth pipe and stayed in this hotel for like two days. You know what I, mean? <laughs> I mean, there's yeah. definitely differences, but um, I, I really, yeah. when you see the places that have like the people who help you um, do your paperwork and take, get all your finance squared away and like your plane ticket or whatever, and then your lodging. And then there's people that do like um, the home care. Like if, if it's a big facility, they're like doing food and they're doing different practices while you're there like yoga and shit like that then you have the clinic people that are like checking your vitals and making sure everything is good taking blood work and then then you have the facilitator the person who's actually doing uh, where you're actually ingesting these substances and then you have somebody afterwards to do a follow-up even even then you know what i'm saying yeah, yeah i think those have been the most for me that I've seen where people have had the most success in, you know, so there's, there's a lot to the entire process of having these experiences that I'm starting to see myself, you know? Yeah. 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 It's just that, yeah, they can't be like in like a hospital. Of like, course you know, not. Yeah. Like <laughs> you don't want to be in a hospital in the best setting for like doing say mushrooms or, probably even I, i've never even taken lsd so i can't really speak from experience on that but probably outside for lsd and mushrooms so like that's just from the experience that i've or like from the book that i've been reading the the explorer's guide yeah um, you know there's guys that like even with the toad that do stuff outdoors a lot too there, there really is uh -huh. um and, and to be honest with you, the one that I was all that clinic that I was thinking about right now is actually for an Iboga clinic uh, that, that where they do the toad at too afterwards. But there's uh -huh. guys that do the uh, toad in specific and they do them like at the beach and stuff down there in Mexico. There's a um, God, I forget his name, man, but uh, it, it, that's a lot of his uh, other sessions happen out there, like on the yeah. like on the beach somewhere or like near water. Yeah, yeah. He's the guy that did. um. What's his name? You know Hamilton uh, from Hamilton's Pharmacopoeia? Oh, yeah, yeah. You Good show. When he went down to Mexico and uh, they were at that, it was like a creek, like near these mountains, kind of like in a canyon area, but it was in Mexico. Yeah, yeah. The facilitator there, that's the guy I'm talking about. Um, our local groups, um, the lady who runs our local group, that's her uh, husband, dude. That oh, guy, really? Yeah, that's awesome. that guy does some pretty cool, and he's been doing it for a long time, bro. He's really, really, really cool dude, man. I'm see if I can't get him on here to talk about his stuff, man. Pretty good guy. Yeah, yeah, that's dope. Yeah, I just, I just want to get into it, and like, I don't, I don't want to call myself like a shaman or anything like that. I just. I don't know, just be there to hold space for people that want to get into it. Well, and that's pretty much anything. It. Any aspect of this industry is something that would be great for somebody to do, man. Like anything. I mean, there's so many different aspects of an industry yeah. in itself, man. And the thing about it is right now it's still 
in its infancy. Like it was one once yeah. at its height, but then it got smashed down. And in the last 10 years, it's been rising again. And with this last year and all these laws and uh, change taking place, um, you know, around the world, it's gaining momentum. And I think that anybody interested in this should get into it, you know, but for me, just, I go into it with an open heart, you know, and just, Hey, you know, there's going to be a space for all of us and you can create those spaces. You can be part of them and support them. You know, it doesn't Mm -hmm. matter. This is something that all of us love and it's good to do something that you love to do. You know what I mean? Yeah, for sure. So I encourage anybody, man. But uh, listen, dude, I am really glad to have had you on there, man. I know we had a few conversations back then there, but um, yeah. Is there there anything you'd like to say to anybody speaking or or just say anything in general now? Um, not really. Other than like just. Um, what is it? I actually wrote something recently and I'm just going to quickly find it. Um, what is it? Um, yeah, like we live and learn the energy we put out will return when there is darkness, there is light. Even in our darkest night paths burn bright. Breathe out, breathe in, open your mind and watch your thoughts within. Breathe out, breathe in, hear the silence, wait and listen. When we breathe deeply and hold our breath, it gets away from us. But when we exhale and hold our breath, it comes back. Love to let love in, breathe out, breathe in. That's pretty much it. Beautiful, man. Thanks for coming on again, man. I appreciate the fuck out of you, dude. All right. Thank you. And to my mind, that's a tragedy because this is our birthright. unwillingness to go it alone.